Hello, and welcome to the episode of KC Kids Unite. I'm your host, Melanie Fimler. Throughout this podcast, we'll be peeling back the complex layers of this project and the work we are so passionate about fulfilling for the youth of Kansas City, Missouri. However, to give our listeners some context, let me provide a brief overview. KC Kids Unite is a community-focused project working to unite elementary and middle school students from historically marginalized and isolated communities through art, literacy, and youth activism. In partnership with the Greater Kansas City Writing Project and the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, KC Kids Unite enters its fourth year of celebrating student voices, their communities, and visions for change and unity in our city. To open, we'll hear from Kristen and Donald Carter, a couple with young children living on the east side of Troost Avenue in Kansas City. Those familiar with the area know that life on the east side of Troost looks vastly different than life on the west side. Stay tuned in this episode to learn more about Kansas City's racial and economic divides and the work of KC Kids Unite to break down these barriers in our city. In 2016, the PBS documentary, Our Divided City, highlighted the racial divide and increasing crime in Kansas City, Missouri. Listen in as residents from the Oak Park neighborhood on the east side of Troost, Donald Carter and his wife, Kristen, paint a picture for what life is like for them and their young family. According to police data, there were nearly 90 violent crimes within a three block radius of their home. That's homicide, rape, robbery and assaults. But the Carters aren't prepared to move out and abandon their neighbors. What do the people do who can't leave? Okay. What do the people do who, who can't just get up and try to go somewhere else and do something else? How do they get to live in a community? The Carters have grown used to the violence in their area of the city. Not a bullet coming through your house, but drive-by shootings, murders, um, drugs, domestic disputes on the lawn, people cussing at their little three-year-old babies about things. Um, this is our normal. It is. This is our normal. And the normal for the Carter family is the normal for most residents living on the east side of Troost. Troost Avenue runs through the heart of downtown Kansas City. Prior to 1950, Troost was alive with jazz music, theater, and thriving businesses. Today, the avenue has become notoriously known as the Troost Wall, serving as Kansas City's racial dividing line between its east and west side. East of Troost Avenue, you see dilapidated neighborhoods full of boarded up homes, junk cars, a lack of grocery stores, and disinvestment in black business. Walt Disney's childhood home, animation studio, and elementary school all lie on the east side of Troost. Once part of an integrated community, each now mirror the effects of Kansas City's racial oppression, whose subtle underpinnings were brazenly exposed in the 1950s at the hands of the local school district and real estate operatives. Yet a short eight blocks away, you find yourself on the west side of Troost, where the landscape is quite different. Here, the Country Club Plaza, an open-air mall with Spanish-influenced architecture and statuesque fountains, provides an elite shopping experience to its patrons, many of whom reside just minutes away in the exclusive subdivision Mission Hills. The standard homes in Mission Hills have gated drives. The more opulent have opted for bridges and moats. Each development is the brainchild of real estate mogul Jesse Clyde Nichols, whose practices forever altered the racial and economic landscape of Kansas City. The disparities between the east and west side are glaring. Kansas City Mayor Sly James knows this and emphatically pleads to Kansas Cityans in his interview with Michael Price, director of Our Divided City. He states, 
Everybody says action. Nobody has the answer. If somebody had an answer to that question, don't you think it would already be being done? These words became the charge of KC Kids Unite, whose mission to break down geographic and racial barriers through students' personal stories began in 2016. Built on the belief that lasting change starts with our youth, each year, 10 classrooms representing suburban, urban, and rural districts are selected, inviting over 300 students across the city to explore identity, study Kansas City history, and navigate the power of place in redefining communities. Each classroom, partnered with another of differing demographics, connect to share personal experiences and beliefs in strengthening communities. The project culminates in a citywide collaboration where partnered classrooms meet at the renowned Nelson Atkins Museum of Art, creating a community art project after weeks of sharing digitally and experiencing a similar three-week equity-focused curriculum. The students who live and attend school in primary segregated, primarily segregated communities get a rare opportunity to meet and learn from one another, collectively taking action by uniting to celebrate diversity. In the early stages of developing our project, we knew it was important to share Kansas City's untold history so that our students would know how our city got to this place. In this next segment, I'm going to highlight some of Kevin Gotham's work in his book, Race, Real Estate, and Uneven Development, and more specifically in his chapter entitled Building the True Wall. In there, he highlights the years between 1950 and 1970, which marked a time of swift change in Kansas City's racial makeup. He notes that racial movement had been occurring in Kansas City for decades. However, racial movement during the 1950s through the 1970s was significant because of its extent and rapidity. Rather than marginal black expansion and gradual migration from deteriorating neighborhoods, the entire southeast section of the city was transformed from predominantly white to almost all black in a relatively short period of time. As the racial transition of this southeast section occurred, Physical deterioration and housing decay increased markedly as financial institutions and government agencies ceased making loans and providing city services for its residents. At the hands of this racial transition was the Kansas City, Missouri School District and real estate mogul J.C. Nichols. Both were major forces in this transformation. The Kansas City, Missouri School District, because its all-white board worked to preserve segregated schools by using Troost Avenue as an attendance boundary from 1955 to 1975. This decision was in response to the 1955 Brown versus Board of Education ruling. By doing this, they separated the white schools to the west and the black schools to the east. With these school boundaries established, citizens naturally began to perceive Troost as the city's racial dividing line, opening opportunity for the real estate industry. In the interest of profit, real estate blockbusters would move black families into all white neighborhoods, then use scare tactics and fear-based marketing to trigger white flight from the neighborhoods east of Troost to the suburbs west of Troost, suburbs that were being built and maintained by Nichols and Company. Additionally, Nichols used racial covenants, barring black families from living in his communities. Real estate agents contributed to these racist practices by not listing properties east of Troost. The effect of these actions radically accelerated the city's demographic change in the area east of Troost. In a table provided in Gotham's book, we see that in 1950, over 125,000 white citizens lived on the east side of Troost, and by 1970, less than 35,000, a population change of nearly 95,000 citizens. In contrast, 
the black population in 1950 on the east side of Troost was 31,000. And by 1970, it was over 100,000, a racial population change of over 61,000 citizens. In a census track, as recently as 1990, it showed that every Kansas City neighborhood where the residents were more than 50% black lie east of Troost. Therefore, the decisions made 50 plus years ago to marginalize people of color have continued spreading into present day. Rectifying this history for our current and future citizens must lie at the forefront of our city's conscience. And it is with this history that we developed the KC Kids Unite curriculum to ensure that our students and citizens of Kansas City know the hidden history and can begin taking action around it. We hope you enjoyed the launching episode of KC Kids Unite. Stay tuned this week as we take you inside the curriculum, highlighting each week's focus for student identity development and the art and literature that provide the foundation for tackling complex societal issues at a developmentally appropriate level. If you'd like to learn more about Kansas City's racial past, check out Kevin Gotham's book, Race, Real Estate, and Uneven Development, and Tanner Colby's Some of My Best Friends Are Black. To view the PBS documentary in its entirety, simply search Our Divided City on YouTube. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow to share the work of the week of week one curriculum. You can also follow our page on Facebook by searching KC Kids Unite. Here you can stay up to date on all of the work as our project starts to unfold this year. Have a great day.